Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Touched by a Horse. I'm your co-host, Chris Angel, and I'm here with your host today, Glenn Weissel. Hello, Glenn. Hello, Chris. How are I you? I am digging that Beatles artwork behind you. All right. Yeah, thank you. Yes. I love the Beatles. Same here. Ever since I was eight years old. So, still <laughs> a part of my life. That's awesome. I love it. So good. So good. What an era. Well, I'm excited to talk to you today about the work that you do with horses and people. Um, so, let's just start with a little backstory. Like, what's your background? What where do you come from in the <laughs> working world of things? <laughs> right. So uh, 40 years in um, technology in corporate America. I worked for a variety of companies. Some, wow. some of my best experiences in my 40 years there have been at Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, and just a great philosophy, great community-oriented company. And I learned a lot about how to be um, out there in the world sharing what's the best of the best. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so now you're finding yourself into an, uh, a new chapter. I actually don't know how new the chapter is for you, but now you're actually doing some equine gestalt coaching. Yes. For people in corporate America. Uh, yes. Uh, we work with folks who are ready to move forward in their lives in terms of uh, what it's like to work in more of a heart centered, heart focused space, lead from that place rather than the grind of the day. And uh, mm. as a side note, I also work with veterans who live with post-traumatic stress. Got it. Um, I know that space real well, and so we help them uh, any, um, as, a, as a thank you back to them. Got it, yeah, beautiful, yeah. I love it. I would imagine, I, I spent some time in, I don't know if you wanna go corporate, I spent some time um, in an executive space for five years, and um, I could just, even in five years, let alone 40, I could feel the, <laughs> the, the toll it was taking on my self-expression and who I, what I wanted to do in this world. Like, what did you notice in your own journey and in journeys uh, of others that you've worked with? Like, what happens in, to, <laughs> what happens to our soul? <laughs> Gets ripped out. Um, so, can, yeah. yeah. So literally there is a corporate, um, I call it the corporate mechanism. So mm. because being a good corporate citizen means living within a certain profile, right? The box or the mask, we put on a mask every day to go to work mm. and, and fall in line with whatever those values and missions and core things yep. are that we're doing for the, for our customers. Um, at the same time, it's very hard to express naturally mm -hmm. uh, and authentically because, you know, it, it's just the, the way of the corporate world, just being um, yeah. open, honest, and in integrity. Yet there's a piece that seems to be missing, which is the heart for me. Totally. I, this might be over dramatic, but maybe not. Um, I remember, uh, what was the uh, movie um, Shawshank Redemption? And uh, one of the guys in the prison got out, the guy that had the crow on his shoulder, and he just didn't know what life was supposed to be like. He didn't know what he wanted to do or how he fit outside of prison. Exactly. People also, I, I feel like people could also get outside of corporate stuff and not know who they are or what they enjoy anymore. They're like, who am I outside of this company corporate label or mask? Mm -hmm. that, do you see that at all? Do I see that? Um, I experienced that quite a bit, actually. Uh, it's it's easy enough to leave the building, but it's not always an easy to <laughs> job, right? So, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times there's there's things that come up overnight that need my attention, uh, or something comes along that I've just got to be attentive to, and um, kind of disrupts or interrupts personal life. So, you, you know, the work-life balance, we hear that all the time. Uh, there's, I mean, there's ebb and flow to both, you know, so, uh, right. yep. Where do you feel like people get, like in, um, 
in the corporate side of things, where do people get stuck? What are they, what do they keep bumping up against that doesn't feel good, but they keep suffering or surviving it? Right. Uh, primarily it's the bottom line of being, um, a profitable business, whether it's for profit or nonprofit, there's still investors mm. who want to return on their investment. There's something called disruption in the marketplace. It's been for a while where competitive competitive companies are doing something that creates something brand new in the industry. And so every company then scrambles to keep up. So it's always, it's a dog eat dog world out there. It's just, it's, it's totally focused on the finances and the money of the day. Right. Yeah. Right. So very short term vision. There was a, um, there's a tool in Google where you can actually search words that trend over the years. Like, so you could actually probably search something like hustle, the word hustle or the word grind. Right. And I think there's some like, that's been prevalent in some, uh, it, it, I think what lately a lot in social media, et cetera. But I think that corporations start or people in corporations starts to feel the the implications of that hustle and grind all the time. Uh, without a doubt. So, I mean, the, the word grind, you know, I think of like a, a, a coffee grinder, you know, you put yeah. the beans in and out comes of the grounds. Yeah. That's sometimes how, how I can feel or how I think a lot of people feel just yeah. stresses, uh, chronic stress, trauma has a huge impact on our health. And then we're, you know, needing to be away from work and not necessarily on vacation. Right. Maybe they got to take sick days off, whatever. But yeah, grind is a great word. Why do we, it's so interesting. Why do you feel like we stay, like who, nobody wants to be ground up into dust. <laughs> <laughs> like coffee grounds. Why do we stay, do you think? Maybe because we don't know there's something better on the other side. Mm. Or I have seen people think the grass is greener on somewhere else and they have come back to say, you know what, it's not much better out there. It's just the same thing, only worse uh -huh. depending upon the company. So um, it's a mindset really about what are we willing to take on and, and live with and put up with and for how long. Yeah, that's, I feel like that, that's the issue is how long. Cause I think at some point, unless you're just going to do that forever. And I, I think ultimately your audience isn't people who are going to just like, suffer the rest of their lives your audience are people who are looking for some fresh air something new something that feels more of a self-expression so like what is like what is there anything possible on the other side of this corporate grind like is there life after corporate grind or <laughs> yeah uh yeah just had a little hot water you know you got some coffee <laughs> going on, but uh, right. uh yeah there is actually and my own practice of meditation mindfulness has helped me realize that there is life even in the grind is to let a lot of stuff flow by rather than taking it on and getting really stressed mm. out because that's not going to change. If I don't change my mindset or how I feel about something or respond versus react, it's all going to just, you know, I might yeah. as well bang my head against the wall for a few more years. Um, and I chose to not do that. I choose to not do that every single day. So right. uh, th there are a lot of people who are in the same space that I've reached and I know that they want what I have to offer and, yeah. I am available to help anyway. That's beautiful. So, so actually what I heard, I heard something in there that was, you know, and I just sort of default to like, I'm going to leave corporate stuff and move into my own thing, which, cause that was my path. But I feel like you also said like, you could be, you could actually stay in the job you're in, but you could do it in a way that actually didn't feel like hustle and grind, but felt like a self-expression for you. You didn't say it in those words, but that's, is that what you're saying? Like, could I actually stay in my job, but actually have a different experience of it? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that people have to leave their job and go find something else because it's all about who are, who are we, who are they on the inside and how are we responding to whatever's going on in the world. So location or job doesn't matter. It's really, you know, what's happening in, internally with us. 
And when we reach a point in our lives, maybe it's an age thing, maybe it's an experience or an event that gives us a wake up call and we yeah. say, man, something's got to change. And so, yes, that's actually a really uh, super helpful. I feel like if you have you listening to this, have ever said to yourself, something's got to change. That's a good indication that you're like getting like when the, when the student's ready, like you're getting ready. Cause if you're starting to say things like, man, I'm not sure if I can keep this up or something's got to change, then that's a good indication that you're ready for something new you're ready for what's next uh, exactly how do we so how do we start to i think in order to get to this other place um this new experience of our work something has to shift in our head like <laughs> there has to be a different paradigm that i start to embrace what are some of the ones that were helpful for you like how did you start to think differently to get to this place of that you're in now all right so another great question chris so one of the things that um, I've been exposed to as part of meditating for over 30 years is uh, different practices and different philosophies and thinking. And it's less so from the head. It's more so from the heart space. Mm. Right? Coming mm. from this place of my heart where I know we're all connected and yeah. I acknowledge that and want mm. for other people to acknowledge that when we're in our heads, we're really running a lot in the, um, the mental state and which is, could be based on a lot of definitely on ego definitely on fear and there's just a better way of living, which is, um, you know, our heart really has more of the uh, thinking quote unquote neurons than the brain does and the heart mm. is forming the brain and the brain's just making the body respond all the time. Yeah. So, and this has been uh, scientifically proven through the HeartMath Institute of which yeah. I'm a member. So I know there's a lot of data out there to say, let's come from a heart space. Let's try something different and, yeah. see how well that works. So. I like that too, because I feel like there is this um, awakening of human consciousness, if you will. Like there is, people are starting to realize that the, uh, I think that the brain only gets us so far and we're starting to long for something that feels um, more than what our brain has been able to have us feel. I think we're, we're wanting something different. It's really right. Cool. Yeah, I think they work, they work uh, in concert with one another. Yeah. Heart informs the brain, the brain informs the body, and what heart is, which is part of, and and with, there's a lot more studies going on every day about how well the brain is matching up. Um, yeah. With the heart. Yeah. So so one one paradigm shift is to start to uh, work from or live from more of the heart space than head space. What are yeah. some other um, paradigm shifts or thought processes that were different for you? Um, well, for me, one of the things that I've come to the conclusion is, um, I have many years left in my life, God willing. And at the end of that life, I want to have no regrets or as very few regrets as possible. And for me, that means, uh, doing the things that I'm here to do and acknowledging what is that? I mean, for myself, I didn't have a vision for my life. I didn't know what I was here to do. You know, I just went where my nose was pointing me and I lived that way for years and I got to a point where I said, I think there's, I know there's more. What is that more? So working with yeah. other mentors or teachers or, you know, coaches helped me discover who I am, why I'm here, what I'm here to do, and then taking those steps to achieve that. So that I was going to say, I think some of the work, like some of the work that you do um, with horses and gestalt coaching, like getting people to the place where they can answer that question for themselves yes. is an important gateway, I think, into that like, what do you want conversation? Yes. Yes. That's certainly one mechanism. Absolutely. When we work with the horses, um, the horses have an amazing ability to help people just drop a lot of stuff yeah. and 
come out of their heads and really start feeling into the bodies. And a lot of the work that we do as gestaltists are somatically induced, which means we constantly checking with people. What are you, are you aware of in your body? Where are you feeling that? What is it telling us? What do we work with to help make the next move, the next transition, whatever? The horses help facilitate that, and it's an amazing process. Um, I'm the I'm the benefactor of working with horses, you know, for several years achieving my certification. So uh, we know it works, and it's very powerful. It's so good too, because I think, uh, especially in corporate America, in the business world. We, there's, you know, book after book and conference after conference, There's all of these external answers where we can start to try to look for answers. I mean, this is my story, just looking outside myself for what's next and what do I want? And I would just, you know, so I had amassed this huge library of thoughts and ideas that I don't know that they were really mine. I think something about them might've inspired me, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, is that really what I wanted? Right. You no, know, like, so I think, I think it's the somatic ness of it like getting back in touch with me um has been an important piece for me and it sounds like it's been an important piece for you to really start to know what's authentic what's true for you and what isn't absolutely chris and that's a great notice on your 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 part as well um our answers come from within and a good coach will help bring out the answers from people i don't necessarily have people's answers i have my own answers yeah takes a lot of you know insight, <laughs> no processing, you know, letting stuff go, yes. uh, help find, you know, it's like finding it's the, it's the, it's the nugget of it's the diamond in the rough. Mm. I mean, that's exactly what it is. You yeah. peel away parts of the, the coal to get to the diamond and with enough digging, yeah. you, know, you find the jewel, the gem. Right. Yeah. I, I do know, and I do appreciate business books for this reason. I do know that in, in business books, uh, and there's always something actionable. It's like, okay, so here's seven steps to this and eight <laughs> steps to 10 X your business overnight this way. Like, I think there's some value in the action side of things. Like how, how do we start to take these new paradigms and move them into action in the world so that we're actually experiencing a different life? Like, how do we do that? How do we do that? Great question. So, um, <clears throat> I read a lot of books also, without a doubt, because they inform me and they help me decide yeah. how I'm doing, where I'm going and everything. Uh, the first step in anything is just making the decision and the commitment to take the, the action. Whatever the action is, I need to make the internal commitment to myself and then say, I'm taking that very next step and then the next step and the next step. And they all build and even small steps over time add up. So yeah. actionable things for me were... Uh, mindfulness and meditation, like I mentioned earlier, a practitioner for 30 some odd years. Mm-hmm. And for a while I had fallen off, so to speak, you know, I didn't practice as much and I noticed the huge difference when I don't and when I do. So, yeah. I mean, right there, it's, and it's easy enough to learn. There's lots of material out there. It's one part of our course as well. Um, what else? It is learning to be authentic, you know, mm-hmm. just speaking truth speaking values, speaking from the heart, um, removing the quote unquote, the, the corporate mask is yeah. I put a mask on, I'm the CEO today and I've got to act a very certain way. Well, uh, maybe I remove some of that mask and still act as a CEO doing the things I do, but I have a different way of thinking about being a CEO um, or a vice president or whatever, whatever the leadership is, right? It's not right. necessarily a title, but it's more of a, who am I in a yeah. role at work? Yeah, uh, those are so some good. of the things. 
I feel like that's it's so good. The, uh, the authenticity piece, like if I were putting myself in a corporate setting again, you know, I have interactions every day. And part of those, the, I think the more I filter what I really want to say, uh, the more I don't say what I feel to say, um, the, the less my, my job or my work feels like a self-expression for me. And so the more I'm trying to find self-expression in sideways fashions to get that out, and then I show up to work every day with the same mask and I start to resent the mask, which means I start to resent the work. Mm. Um, yeah. So I love this idea that just bringing authenticity into your everyday interactions, even in the job you have, you don't need a new job necessarily unless you want one, but, right. but there is this, yeah, this new, this new opening inside of authenticity. I love that. Thanks. You know, there's another word that I want to bring in here and that's vulnerability. And that's one that's been um, discussed and bandied about a lot, Brene Brown, you yep. know, beautiful woman and speaks directly to, to a lot of people who just know that that's the right thing. And how do we do that with courage, having the courage to be vulnerable and leader, the leaders, it starts with the leadership. And yeah. when leadership are vulnerable, again, no matter who that is, right. everyone else can now have um, a say that, wow, I can be vulnerable too. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's all part of living from the heart is, you know what, I'm human. I have emotions, I have feelings, and I have days where I'm just not in a good space. And if I can say that, then people get it. Then, yeah, then yeah. we're creating a, a world where we want to work and live. Yeah, I love her work, Brene Brown's work. It's so counterintuitive to think as a leader, if I'm vulnerable, that would actually increase my ROI or the productivity of my team, my company, my my employees, my my, bo my bottom line. Like, but but when when I step out from behind my mask others feel free to step out from behind their mask. And all of a sudden we're having a real authentic exchange where people feel like they can give their best efforts and energies to the company. I, I think, I think right? that's a huge value of vulnerability. Yeah. I agree. I agree yeah. totally. Yep. Yeah. So walk me through then how, um, how do, how do you help? So let's say somebody comes to you and uh, maybe it's a team or it's an individual. Uh, they want to work with you um, to get back into that place of their heart um, and lead from that place. How, um, how do you work with them? Like, do, do you do, is it virtual coaching? Do you, do they have to be local and they come into a, a round pen with a horse? Like, how does it work? Right. Um, best method is to come into the, the round pen with the horse for sure. Uh, work with it. I, so I'd love to work with people one-on-one -on -one directly or in groups, certainly, yeah. in, you know, being present, physically present. Uh, yeah. we work with individuals or groups, say to start a mindfulness process or even understand what vulnerability is all about. I can do that in an office setting, not a problem. Yep. When it comes to working with the horses, obviously they come out to our place out right. here uh, on the farm and, and visit and enjoy the day and spend time with the horses and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's an experience they'll always remember. And, yeah. and one leads to another. And, you know, that's, and depending upon the person, if they're willing to go, uh, it's still all about releasing and being whole, right? And so yeah. we're always, who we are today is based on who we were as children and our influences, parental, you know, schools, everything. And um, any traumas that might've happened are stored in ourselves. So that's part of the work that we do, the horses do is to help people release stress and trauma that's built up and, and a lot of other stuff. And then we can be much more of who we are naturally, authentically. And um, you know, it's a lifetime experience. I remember in the late 90s, early 2000s, like ropes courses were really popular for businesses to take their teams out to ropes courses. I, I, I would think 
um, and I, I'm, they're still around today. I, I think it would be a, um, an amazing experience, a team experience to come out to your farm and um, being around Penn with my team yes. and have an experience, um, a somatic experience with my team mm-hmm. right there with the horse and having you facilitate that. I think that would be an incredible experience for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, we, and uh, we have done some team work before with yeah. folks and they have found not only do they come away with something that they can um, find individually very satisfying, but now that as a group, especially a leadership group, yeah. they're much more cohesive. They can look at one another the next day and just look in each other's eyes and they know what they went through. Yeah. And that's a huge bonding experience. Yeah. How often do you have bonding experiences in the office? Yeah, right. And it's not just like a, I, the thing I love about this work is that it's not just like, um, <laughs> like a conference and we had a shared experience. It's, it is actual work that stays with you because it's somatic because it, it, it works here. Exactly right. Right there. Right to yeah. the heart. Yep. Yeah. So there's like shelf life to, to this, this change, <laughs> this experience, right? It's not like yeah, it that's right. evaporates tomorrow, you no, know? No, no, not at all. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. Well, Glenn, if people want to reach out to you, they want to learn more about the work you do. They Maybe they want to come out to your farm. Uh, they want to learn where your farm is, or they just want to bring you into their company. How can people reach out to you? Excellent. So thank you. Our website is harmoniesheartcoaching.com. They can reach me directly yeah. through email at glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at harmoniesheartcoaching.com, and it'll be popped up on the screen here. Perfect. Or a phone number, 720 720- Five eight five nine eight two eight. So good, and that's harmonies uh, Y S, not I E S. So harmonies is, Y S. That is correct. Y S. Harmoniesheartcoaching.com. Perfect, Glenn. Thanks for all you're doing uh, in the space of the corporate America to bringing heart-centered leadership uh, to the forefront. I love that. Thanks for being on the show today, and uh, take care. Thank you, Chris. Thanks so much. Have a great day.